guys hello lamer gamers today we are going to be talking about the news rumors and game impressions going on right now such as the state of play the aeon must die controversy from estonia earnings reports and more in the news under rumors we're going to talk about sony sitting on more exclusives a new pokemon game had its roster revealed and is League of Legends and Fortnite getting banned? We can only be so lucky, right? Now, also, at the end, we'll be talking about gaming impressions from It Lurks Below, The Tourist, and Far Cry 5. Now, before we get started, if you like what we're doing, don't forget to press up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A, then start. Oh, then like and subscribe if you're listening on uh, on YouTube, on Twitch, wherever you're at. Also, check out at LamerGamersCast on Twitter and throw a review down on Apple Podcast or Podchaser. Currently, with uh, I think we're still all five stars, so if you want to go and ruin that, go for it. We need some more reviews. <laughs> all right, guys. So, unfortunately, Rowdy5000 was drug off by an angry garden uh, spider if you listen to the intro uh and he will not be here for the news section which i really wish he was because he is our uh resident uh sony uh sony pony sony bro i don't know what you want to call them but he's our sony fan so i'm gonna do my best to sound excited for everybody uh because uh, i don't get to play these games but anyway state of play happened and it was boring it was not that good uh you know the thing with state of plays sony has been doing a bang up job as far as making really good announcements making really good um just things lately they dropped the ps5 they had a great show around that they did the ue5 demo but state of play is just a state of boredom that i can't deal with it's a very stale like nintendo direct ish kind of thing uh, so they, I think the problem is they show a lot of gameplay during these, which is not a bad thing, mind you. Um, cause I, I do like to see the games, but I think I prefer the Nintendo direct way of doing things where you actually show the games, you show a little snippet, you give some points, some things that you can talk about. And then you have a secondary, uh, event after the show where you, I don't know, actually play the game for the people that are more interested in it. Because there's a lot of games that I could care less about in these things when they're playing for like 10 minutes at a time. Then I go wander off and make an espresso or something. All right, anyway, that's enough uh, complaint about State of Play. Let's talk about what was in it. First up, Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Uh, and they announced uh, Crash Bandicoot a little while back, but I think this is the first time to show a lot of gameplay. Uh, here is what they say about the game from their website. The devious villains Neocortex and Dr. Entropy have finally escaped their interdimensional prison, leaving an evil scientist-sized hole in the universe. Now they've got their eyes set not only simply conquering the dimension, but all dimensions, and it's up to Crash and Coco to save the day. Insanity Beach is where Crash's adventure first started and where it begins in Crash 4, but there have definitely been changes since players first saw insanity beach all those years ago and throughout crash 4 you'll notice changes to gameplay and even the art style so it sounds like i mean the game looks good uh it's definitely uh 
very kind of similar styles that I see in Ratchet and Clank as far as the interdimensionality going on. All right, next up is Hitman Trilogy 4 is getting PlayStation VR support. Uh, they say Hitman 3 will release for PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 January 2021, along with PSVR support available at launch. In addition to this, the first two Hitman games will also come to PSVR. Now, according to Jamie Feltham at Upload VR, which uh, Upload VR, cool people, uh, got to go to some of their stuff during E3 a couple years ago. Uh, by the way, during that Upload VR event, I did punch somebody. Uh, you don't, they didn't plan, <laughs> it was like at the beginning of VR, uh, and they didn't space people out at very well. And so I was playing some game where you were shooting arrows and people were coming out at you. And I punched forward with the, uh, I think it was an HTC Vive. And I kind of knocked somebody's drink on them. I felt really bad about it. But anyway, <clears throat> be careful. You don't want to punch grandma whenever you're trying to assassinate somebody in Hitman. Just, just saying. Now, the latest two Hitman games featured incremental episodes when the sequel arrived a few years on players could experience the entire original first game inside hitman 2 with updates it seems like hitman 3 will carry on that tradition and let you experience each level from the original title not only that but you can play it all in vr2 it's not clear if the game supports the move controllers or DualShock 4 at this point in time. And if you don't know about that, I guess we'll go ahead and hit that real quick. Um, the PlayStation 5 will let you plug up a PlayStation 4 controller, but you can't play a PlayStation 5 game with it, but you can play the old PlayStation 4 games with it. So to me, there's not a huge difference. I was talking, uh, I was on a show the other day as a guest host for uh, In From Japan podcast. And we were talking about this. The new PlayStation 5 controller, it adds uh, a new type of rumble, which is really closer to HD rumble for the Switch. Um, I forgot what they called it. Some sort of haptics, some fancy term for it. But a lot of really what it does is there are multiple points where the rumble can come from, but they can put audio clips to where they can be recreated in a vibration. If you've ever played the Nintendo Switch and you're playing like a Mario game where there are coins, take the controller, don't put it like on your ear, but near, near it, and you'll hear like a bling, bling, bling when you hit the coins. It's just an audio file. Now, I mean, technically... Audio files are just, you know, audio in general is just a vibration of some sort. So it makes sense. Anyway, so that is something uh, to kind of look for. Uh, and they don't know if they're going to <clears throat> use the Move controllers, the DualShock 4s, or if it's going to be the, the newest thing. Next up, Braid Anniversary Edition. <clears throat> now this is, uh, if you've never played Braid before, it's kind of like a puzzle game. I actually need to play it. Uh, I'm pretty, I'm kind of excited to see this in HD because it's a game that was hand-painted, essentially. So this is according to Jonathan Blow at blog.playstation.com. The graphics in the game are being hand-repainted by original artist David Hellman. It's not just an image-by-image -image repaint, though. We're reimagining some areas to make them more special. Now that we are running on higher-powered machines, we're adding extra animations to the character so that movement feels more fluid and responsive. And just going over the whole game, improving the fit and finish on many fine details. 
you know what? I realize I'm not working with Rowdy today, but my goodness, my hair is crazy. <laughs> if you listen to the podcast, I, I just realized I didn't need to wear my uh, headset today. So y'all just got to deal with my funny hair on the Twitch stream. All right. Uh, we're also doing a Passover on the sound, making it richer and more detailed. The sound is being worked on by Martin Stig Anderson, who worked on Control Inside and several other notable games. And Hans Christian Koch, who worked on Max, The Curse of Brotherhood, as well as an extensive background in film and TV. To see the difference between the old and new graphics and sounds, you'll be able to switch back and forth at any time while playing. So if you're feeling nostalgic, you can play through the 2008 version of the game for a little while. Now, as somebody that is a huge nerd for seeing things in 4K, I like this idea. As an artist, I really enjoy that. So uh, I'm excited to see what how that game looks. Next up is Spelunky 2 was announced. Uh, it's going to be out on September 15th on PS4. Derek Yu, the president of Moss Mouth, who makes Spelunky, has this to say. Spelunky 2 is big. Our state of play trailer, directed by Derek Liu, does an excellent job of conveying how much more expensive and well-connected the world is compared to the first game. The time it takes to complete a successful run, however, hasn't increased that much. Instead, the journey has become much more dense and varied, with lots more to do and try with each time you venture into the caves. Uh, so you can do all sorts of things. It's, uh, oh, what are those games? Roguelikes, I guess, in caves, which is everywhere. I think Spelunky was one of the first ones, though, right? Uh, next up, there is an expansion to the game Control uh, named uh, AWE. So, Thomas Puha, the communications director at Remedy Entertainment, says this. First of all, what is an AWE, an AWE? It's short for Altered World Event, which occurs when paranatural forces breach into our world. I feel like I need, um, I need like some silver and some salt in a ring whenever I'm reading this. If you're a fan of <laughs> Supernatural, you know what I'm talking about. I did what I had to do. They say that every freaking episode, too. Anyway, sometimes AWEs are minor and go unnoticed. However, sometimes AWEs cause catastrophic events. Historically, the investigation sector was where the Federal Bureau of Control's dangerous work of searching for AWE cases was coordinated from and where evidence was stored until things went horribly, horribly wrong. And the sector was sealed off years ago. The second expansion which we're talking about, is going to take Jesse into a new part of the oldest house. Uh, the investigation sec sector where the Bureau closely examines these AWEs. Uh, Jesse also must, uh, let's see, go after a threat that has haunted the sector for years, waiting on the other side of the sealed firebreak. In order to reclaim the investigation sector from its clutches, Jesse will need to explore the numerous AWEs investigated here so we'll see this new story content side missions as well as weapons and mods uh, to the world of control uh coming soon all right next up immortal a star wars vr series hits psvr on august 25th now this game if you were a kid and you ever wanted to 
play a video game where you got to use a lightsaber. Well, this is that game, but even better, if you're like one of those kids that were just kind of just a little touch, wanted to be the bad guy, wanted to be evil, you can be Vader. Yeah. So, Immortal, a Star Wars VR series. Play as Vader and do all sorts of Vader stuff, you know? Go out, take long walks on the beach, you know, choke somebody with the Force, uh, have a, you know, a nice steak dinner, blow up a planet, you know, normal Vader things. You can do this kind of stuff in this game. Uh, next up, Hood, Outlaws and Legends. Now, this is a multi-platform game, and you saw right after this event, some of these games that were really multi-platform, there were a lot of people going on, it's like, look at this game, it's only going to be PlayStation 5. No. Hood Outlaws is going to be multi-platform. The only thing I don't think it's coming to is the Switch. Uh, so, uh, it is a, and I got to decode this. It's a multiplayer PvPVE heist game. If anybody is currently watching on Twitch and can let me know what the heck that means, do so. But I think it means player versus platypus versus Eggman. I think that's it. Or player versus player versus environment. E either one of those. But it's a heist game. So if you like games like Payday, uh, and you wanted a more medieval touch to your paydays, this is probably it. Hey, it looks like that's exactly correct. It does involve platypuses and Eggman. All right, so uh, Owen O'Brien, the studio direct at Sumo Newcastle, says, With Hood... Oh, y'all can listen to my <laughs> phone right now. <laughs> Sorry about that. Forgot to mute that before the show. Uh, anyway, With Hood, Outlaws and Legends. Our aim was to create... A dark and brutal reimagining of the Robin Hood legend, uh, pitting myth and superstition against man-made power and corruption. The team here in Newcastle are all passionate gamers, and over the past 16 months, we believe we have created a new and fresh twist on the PvPVE genre. Because there's so many games that have all those platypuses in them, right? Uh, faced with a merciless, unchecked state, rebels and rogues from every corner battle to claim their place among the legends. Uh, to win influence with an oppressed people, rival gangs now compete in daring heist to hit the wealthy where it hurts. Folk hero or gold-hungry outlaw, only the best will escape with hard-earned riches. Uh, outplay opponents in this multiplayer heist in a violent medieval world. So there will be two teams of players. They're going to compete to execute the perfect heist uh, in environments patrolled by deadly AI guards. They'll also utilize unique skills and mystical abilities of each character, moving in stealth to steal treasures unseen or dominating through Loud and brutal combat. It looks like Skylar says, "I want a game where your mount, <laughs> where your mount is a platypus." Yes. Uh, well, we'll be talking about League of Legends. Possibly, uh, people worried about it being banned later. So maybe before they ban it, they'll give us a platypus in that game. All right. Next up is the Pedestrian. It's going to come to the PlayStation Four on January twenty-first, um, or just January two thousand twenty-one. Sorry. Uh, it's a it's a puzzle game. Their main tagline is analyze, adjust, solve, succeed. The pedestrian is a 2.5D side-scrolling puzzle platformer. You are the pedestrian. 
Enter into a dynamic 3D world with stunning graphics and challenging puzzles. You play by rearranging and reconnecting public signs in order to explore and advance through each engaging environment. So, not that excited about that one. It just it looks like something you could play on a phone. Uh, also a game that I'm not excited about. Rowdy, though... <sighs> Rowdy just wants to have weenie hands. Uh, bug snacks. <laughs> Bug snacks, you can eat hot dogs and have hot dog weenie hands. And Rowdy's strangely excited about this thing. Uh, where you can have strawberries. or it, It's a weird game. I'll, I'll explain it to you if you haven't heard of it. But it's going to be out for Christmas. So, you know. Uh, Bug snacks takes you on a whimsical adventure to Snack Tooth Island. Home of the legendary half-bug, half-snack creatures, Bug Snacks. Uh, by the way, if you put a tweet out about bug snacks, you immediately get like at least 100 likes, I've found out. So that's cool. Uh, invited by intrepid explorer Elizabeth Megafig, you arrive to discover your host nowhere to be found. Her camp in shambles and her followers scattered across the island, alone and hungry. It's up to you to solve the mysteries of Snack Tooth Island. What happened to Lizbert? What are bug snacks and where do they come from? But most of all, why do they taste so good? <sighs> bug snacks. Not excited about it. Yeah, it looks like Outrun RPG does not understand the hype around it either. Uh, listening to the Twitch stream. Yeah, it's not my thing. And I'm normally okay with games like this, personally. Uh, I think I've just... Something about it annoys me to my core. Uh, but I'm sure Rowdy will tell me it's amazing, and then I'll play it over at his place someday in the future. All right, next up, we had the Pathless announced, and it's going to be coming out 2020 for the PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Epic Game Store, and Apple Arcade. Um, we're going to be talking some about a little bit about Apple later, too. Uh, but anyway, from the creators of Abzu, The Pathless is a mythic adventure game about an archer and an eagle in a vast forest. Become the hunter, a master of archery who travels to a mystical island to dispel a curse of darkness that grips the world. <clears throat> Forge a connection with your eagle companion as you hunt corrupted spirits, but be careful not to become the hunted yourself. Explore misty forests full of secrets, solve puzzles in ancient ruins, and test your skill in epic battles. The bond with your eagle and the fate of the world hang in the balance. Look kind of boring. Uh, it's, a, it's an on-rails game where you jump, you shoot things. They did say um, the arrow shooting in the game is not based on pointing at it. And shooting the arrow, it's more of like a rhythm thing. So we'll we'll see what that looks like coming up. Uh, next one is Anno Mutationum. Now, I don't know if this is connected to those Anno games. I don't think it is. Um, it's very much like a... By the way, Steam... Or not... Uh, Cyberpunk-style games are the thing right now. Uh, but this is like an anime Cyberpunk-style looking game. Uh, let's see, Gariani, the communication man, I'm sorry, the community manager at Thinking Star says, 
We are Thinking Stars, and in our game Anno Mutationum, we're all about that mix. The game is a combination of 2D and 3D modes, action and adventure gameplay, sprites and polygons while throwing in some RPG elements and letting the whole thing come alive amid a bustling cyberpunk world. Now, it to me, it looks like it's a like a cup it's missing some frames i don't know if that's like an aesthetic choice or if it's like they just haven't really finished i'm assuming it's aesthetic because it looks very forced anyway so how does this 2d and 3d fusion actually work they say well first you take control of a main character Anne, a lone wolf one woman army who is supported by her hacker friend ian When you start the game, you will be in what we call exploration mode, meaning you can play the game as if it's your favorite action RPG. It doesn't look like Diablo 3 to me. This is a big lie. Anyway, you move around in 3D, talk to NBCs, and interact with the environment. No rush. It's your world. As you proceed with the next section, it will seamlessly switch to the 2D battle mode which is where Anne busts out the broadswords, hand cannons, and that fast, lethal rhythm of battle. Combat is all about combat is all about double jumps, dodging, and well-timed ground pounds. So this is like Yoshi got really, like, just got a bunch of guns and started going off on people in a steampunk world, or in a cyberpunk world. That's how this is playing in my head. Um, I mean, Yoshi is pretty hardcore. I mean, he does eat um, things alive and turn them into his children. And then he throws his children. It's messed up. Anyway, it plays like your favorite 2D action game, along with exciting platforming and huge boss fights. Yeah, wasn't that excited. Uh, next up, Genshin Impact. Uh, this is on... No, I. Okay, so this is one of the games that people are like, look at all, all you Xbox people. This is the game that we get over here on PlayStation. And it's Genshin Impact looks like a... It's like you took the art style from Zelda Breath in the Wild and the new Fire Emblem game. You put them in a blender and put it on frappe for about three minutes, and that's basically what you get. I mean, it has a beautiful art design, but I'm kind of curious if it's going to feel like an original or a ripoff. Because a lot of these games that are obviously taking these stylistic uh, concepts, they just don't feel original uh, enough for me or alive enough but anyway um it's gonna be on android ios ps4 switch and pc it's basically coming to everything but the xbox I, i don't know if this is a timed exclusive thing but here is how the game plays uh, according to the i think this is from their wikipedia because their website Made me hate things. Uh, Anyway, it says, The game features an open-world map, which the player explores by walking, climbing, swimming, and gliding as necessary. Many objects and places of significance are spread throughout the map. Players can control up to four of their characters at any one time. By completing quests to advance the story, the player is able to unlock a total of 30 playable characters. Also, Genshin Impact is a multiplayer video game with crossplay. So, it's Zelda, Fire Emblem-looking characters with crossplay. Each character has two unique combat skills, a normal and a special skill. So it's not like Zelda at all. The normal skill can be used, blah, 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 boring, boring, boring. Characters have control 
over one of seven natural elements. Cryo, dendro, pyro, hydro, anemo, electro, and gyro. Let's figure out what those are real quick. Cryo. Cryogenic, right? It's cold stuff. I have no clue what dendro is. Uh, I'm going to assume it is dandruff. And they're going to give you the power of pert plus to get rid of it. Uh, pyro is going to be fire. Hydro, I would assume, be water. Anemo, uh, that's like finding Nemo where you run around with one stronger arm and you just punch things to the moon. That's how I'm assuming that works. And you are a fish. Uh, electro involves electricity and geo is uh, a geometro, which uh, those things never died. I think my brother didn't put oil in one of those things for at least 10,000 miles and uh, it's still going. So uh, right around in a geometro. Uh, cook, cooking is another significant aspect of this game. Um, yeah, it sounds kind of generic. Uh, it sounds like they're taking a lot of things from different places. We'll see. Uh, I think the art style looks fantastic. So hopefully it lives up to the art style. I'm, I'm not so sure about the gameplay. It sounds kind of uh, thin. Next up, Auto Chess. It's uh has nothing to do with chess. Absolutely nothing. Uh, it's a brand new chess battler strategic competitive game. Uh, so it's kind of like the most cyberpunk version of chess ever, but not. It's um, actually based on a mod someone created to be an auto battler using Dota lore. Uh, so you choose characters based on like different abilities. They do some fighting, uh, kind of like a round robin tournament where players are getting eliminated. So after each round, you have the option to level up and sub in characters, get ready for the next opponent. It's, um, it's, uh, an interesting looking, um, strategy game. It could be done mobile. I think it is going to be mobile and PlayStation. So this wasn't that exciting for a state of play. Next up, Tim Tim. Now, Tim Tim, I mean, it's Pokemon. It's, it's, it's a Pokemon game. Uh, so let's, let's read this there. This is by, I don't know who it's by, but every kid dreams about becoming a Tim Tim tamer, exploring the six islands of the airborne archipelago, discovering new species, and making good friends along the way. Now it's your turn to embark on an epic adventure and make those dreams come true. Catch new Tim Tim on Omnesia's floating islands, battle other tamers on the sandy beaches of Denise, or trade with your friends in Tukma's ash-covered fields. Defeat the ever-annoying clan Belsoto and in its plot to rule over the archipelago. Beat all eight dojo leaders and become the ultimate Tim Tim Tamer. I feel like this was the um, Mad Libs. You remember Mad Libs back in the day? And they took the Pokemon explanation for the game. And where they put Team Rocket, they threw in Clan Belsoto. Uh, it's just... It's Pokemon, guys. Uh, let's see. Here are the features. Lengthy story campaign. Mad Libbed from Pokemon, I'm sure. Fully online world, co-op adventure, competitively oriented gameplay, advanced character customization, and housing. Housing. That's that's actually a feature on this game. Now, it does get very positive reviews on Steam. Um, and honestly, the, <laughs> the level design looks better than... Uh, than Pokemon Sword and Shield. Y'all, y'all, y'all sit and think about that one for a second. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't take much to do that, to be honest. All right. Uh, Godfall is the next game on the list. Coming out holiday 2020, PlayStation 5 and Epic Game Store, uh, which is Windows. Uh, if you don't know, Epic Games or um, and Sony are working together. We, we talked about this an episode or two ago where there's some money being thrown from Sony over to Epic. All right. Well, we got to read this. Real intense, like. Aperion is on the precipice of ruin. You are the last of the Valorian knights, godlike warriors able to equip, equip valor plates, legendary armor set that transforms wielders into unstoppable masters of melee combat. Tear through foes as you climb through each of the elemental realms and challenge the mad god Macros, who awaits you at the top. Ascend in Godfall, the first of its kind, looter slasher melee action RPG. So that's Godfall. Uh, Godfall sounds intense. It's uh, everything shiny in the graphics. Every single surface of that game is shiny. I think the shadows are shiny. Um, now, Godfall is uh, is made by Gearbox, who I believe did Borderlands 3. So I'm sure it'll be good. It's just such a shiny game. <laughs> it's so, so shiny. <laughs> Uh, I'm kind of interested because I do like looters. Uh, I'm curious to do this uh, sort of action RPG thing going on with it. We'll, we'll see what happens. All right, next up, Aeon Must Die. Now, this game has some stuff going on with it, so so just, just listen. Now, we're going to go over what this game is, but there's a massive controversy with Aeon May, May Die. Ugh. Aeon Must Die, uh, which is made in Estonia. All right, this is coming out to pretty much everything in uh, 2021, supposedly. <laughs> I'm not so sure about that. Ignite the galaxy. Aeon Must Die. Aeon, the dreaded emperor of the unstoppable Void Armada, has been betrayed and left for dead by his generals. Weakened and without a body to exact his revenge, he desperately merges with you to escape. Travel across the futuristic city of Pantheon to destroy or subdue those who betrayed Aeon while fighting for your mind, free will, and control of your body. Experience a unique beat-em-up, introducing breakneck risk-reward gameplay, innovative tactical fighting, and an RPG alignment system that tracks how you behave as a warrior. I hate it whenever they get into sentences that are like adjective after adjective, adverb, adverb. It's just, it's all thrown in there at once. Will you succumb to Aeon's will and unleash his power, losing yourself in the process? Or will you choose the hard way and remain free at the cost of your strength? So, the the way they explain it, it's a spectacular beat-em-up packed with brutal, over-the-top action, stunning art, and mind-blowing OST. The art was cool. I mean, it was it was Tron esque. Uh, it was like a Tron with a little hint of Power Rangers and Gundam built in, and uh, I don't know. It, it was it was okay. Uh, stylish, accessible combat with the depth of a fighting game. Choose who you kill or spare, and change the fate of the galaxy. Now, I don't know if uh, I don't know if uh, this is coming out. So, this is published by Focus Interactive, and it is developed by a group called Limestone Games, uh, which is based in Estonia. 
after they posted the trailer, the developers who just left Limestone Games, you know, basically everybody that made this game posted their own version with the trailer with the truth is in the description showing up in the title. So I'm going to read what they posted uh, in the description. So for Aeon Must Die by Arki Putz, um, this trailer was created with abuse, manipulation, theft. Find out the truth about the development of this game here, which they actually link to a Dropbox. You can go and look at the Dropbox. and We'll go over what's in that in just a minute. People who have worked on every shot of this are no longer with the company holding IP rights. Some were not even paid for their work. This trailer has a pending conflict of IP. The real IP for the game was stolen from the creators via foul play. Final reaction of the publisher to this information remains to be seen. So you can actually go. You dig through the letters. There's actual accusations. There are audio file recordings. Uh, there are testimonies about what was happening to the members of Limestone Gains, what they had done, what they had sent to the lawyers. I mean, it's intense. I, I'm, I don't know if this would fly in the U.S. I don't know what the um, Estonian laws are regarding that. Uh, I didn't think to call up uh, the few Estonians I know. Uh, but anyway... Uh, so I'll have to tell you about the, the Estonians I've hung out with before called Non Grata. They're an art troupe that's uh, like to set things on fire. It's a, it's a good time and chainsaws are involved and robots and explosions. Anyway, <laughs> art's fun sometimes. Okay, so uh, they also claim the entire IP was taken from the co-founder and former CCO Alksei Nehiroshkin. Uh, which was one of the employees that actually handed in their resignation. So they had about eight to ten people resign from this, and they show you even the Discord chats that were going on. It's pretty intense. I, I looked through it. Some things are in Russian, because uh, uh, Estonia is a former uh, Soviet country, uh, so it's going to have a lot of Russian influence. But anyway, um, well, there's a lot of crazy going on with that. Uh, we'll focus home interactive which is their publisher uh replied with this let me shrink this down so i can see a little bit better here we go focus home interactive has always praised and supported all our partner studios and the developers who compose the creative teams we pride ourselves on treating on our own employees and third-party developers fairly and respectfully and this will not change Focus Home Interactive was for, informed of serious allegations raised by some of the developers at Limestone who have worked on the creation of the video game Aeon Must Die. These grievances are directed at Limestone, their direct employer. So Focus Interactive is like, no, nah, dude, I'm, I'm, I don't want any of this. No, they're, they're talking about all those buzzwords that will get you in trouble as a game developer, like crunch and just, just all these terms that people get... Um, I mean, honestly, they, they have the right to be angry on it, but it's just, it blows up on social media. Um, as the publisher of this video game, Focus is carefully looking into these allegations and will draw the necessary conclusions if they are proved to be well-founded and then take all appropriate measures. No further comment will be shared until we have a clearer and complete view on this matter. So, yeah. 
keep it, keep an eye on that. That could get really weird, really fast. Um, I'm curious to see what happens. Uh, some of the claims are that the former CCO was told that he had rights while working on this and they pulled it out from the, pulled the rug out from under him. Um, there's been a lot of intimidation where they're basically saying they were going to fire them or if you don't do this, this or this, something was going to happen. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it's an interesting thing going on in the gaming world. I'll keep an eye on that and let y'all know of anything in the future. Uh, next up, if you are a DC fan, Suicide Squad game has been announced. Rocksteady Studios <clears throat> just posted a picture where it shows uh, the Suicide Squad as a target on Superman's head. <clears throat> it says, target locked. DC fandom, August 22nd. So they apparently have been hiding this pretty well, actually. Um, <clears throat> there's nothing else on it. Like, absolutely nothing. So other than some rumors that are completely unfounded, I mean, it's nowhere related to the, um, at least what they believe is it's not related to the movies. They think it's due to the logo being shown on the target. It's, it's going to be different anyway. Next up fall guys fell on a hit. Uh, so devolver digital re went with Sony for fall guys as an exclusive. It was super popular. Uh, so fall guys had to release this cause people were complaining that there was some issues with the online multiplayer. Uh, so they tweeted, when we say Fall Guys is experiencing a lot of traffic, we had over 1.5 million new players in the first 24 hours. We're working on our first patch for the game, listening to all your feedback and ideas, and are super grateful to everyone who's supported us so far. Now, I believe Fall Guys was part of PS Now, or some sort of free or cheap game. So, all right... So, xCloud is coming to Game Pass. Now, if you haven't heard that yet, I think we talked about that last episode. <clears throat> xCloud is going to officially be part of Game Pass on September 15th and no longer in beta. So, <clears throat> it's going to be available on Android, but it's missing from the Apple Store, and it's stirring up some major controversy. So there's an article by Matt Brown at Windows Central that kind of gave some bullet points on this. I'm going to pull a couple things from that article while talking about it, um, and some from actually some other stuff I looked into. <clears throat> anyway, Microsoft's upcoming Xbox Game Pass cloud gaming service hits Android September 15th, but remains absent from iOS devices. The company recently wrapped closed testing on iOS, because you could actually find it over on the uh, App Store, and it's been pulled. Um, in parallel to widespread developer scrutiny over Apple's tight regulations for content on its Apple Store digital marketplace. Apple says... Our customers enjoy great apps and games from millions of developers. And gaming services can absolutely launch on the App Store as long as they follow some of our set guidelines. Applicable to all developers. Including submitting games individually for review and appearing in charts and search. So, what... what okay, you can, you can release something, but you, you gotta follow what we say. Well, what does Apple say you gots to follow? 
Here it is. This is from section 4.2.7 in their guidelines. <clears throat> remote desktop clients. Because it's, it's a remote desktop client, technically. If your remote desktop app acts as a mirror of specific software, software or services rather than a generic mirror of the host device, it must comply with the following. <clears throat> a. That must only connect to a user-owned host device that is a personal computer or dedicated game console owned by the user. And both the host device and client must be connected on local and land-based network. Well, first off, it's got to be owned by the host device, a user-owned host device. Well, when you're doing Game Pass, um, <clears throat> you don't technically, or, or Stadia, it's on a server farm somewhere, so you don't technically own that. You lease the ability to have that running so you can play it. <clears throat> B. Any software or services appearing in the client are fully executed on the host device, rendered on the screen of the host device, and may not use APIs or platform features beyond what is required to stream the, desk, the remote desktop. Okay. C. All account creation and management must be initiated from the host device. Uh, so that's a big one. Okay, that's a huge one right there. All account creation and management must be able to be initiated from the host device. So that, that's one problem that they're having. D, the UI appearing on the client does not resemble an iOS or app store view, does not provide a store-like interface, or include the ability to browse, select, or purchase software not already owned or licensed by the user. For the sake of clarity, transactions taking place within mirrored software do not need to use in-app purchase, provided the transactions are processed on the host device. So that's going to be another problem. So whenever you go into ga uh, Game Pass or you, you go into Stadia, you gotta you got to purchase the games, right? Um, and here is the big one. Thin clients, this is E by the way, Thin clients for cloud-based apps are not appropriate for the App Store. Well, they really want you to have a client that's based off of something you own. A thin client, uh, this would be more like a thin client. Now, they do allow things like Steam Link and PS4 Remote Play, but I'm assuming that's because it is using your device that you own in your home to move the, you know, to move the image around and control it. Um... So also, another thing that could be a problem from what I've read is whenever you sign up for a service from something on the Apple Store, they take like a 30% cut. So it could be that Microsoft and Google don't want to pay them that. Now, Rowdy was telling me that um, you can get Stadia on iOS. He could see it at least. I don't know if that's... I've heard some people, though say that the mobile app is not the actual streaming. So I'll have to look into that a little bit more. I have Stadia, but I only have an Android phone. And I am I need to get rid of Stadia, guys. Can somebody message me on Twitter and tell me, hey, Travis, get rid of Stadia. Because <laughs> they gave me that, that they it was T-Mobile Tuesday. They snuck it into me and gave me a free like three months. And I think I'm going to have to pay soon. Stadia is not good. Now, I am going to, uh, I guess I need to keep it. I need to run an xCloud versus Stadia uh, versus Nintendo Switch thing. Why the Nintendo Switch? Well, I want to see what Outer Worlds, which is notoriously ugly on the Switch, how it compares to the 
Stadia version? Well, I don't think they have a Stadia version. How it compares to the xCloud version. Is it worth streaming to be able to play a game that would, I would assume it would look better than the Switch? But, I mean, you still got to have an internet connection. So I want to see how that works because I think we're going to have, with xCloud coming out, I could see parents um, that have, like, you know, a tablet or two sitting around for their kids, and it's uh, survived being thrown across the room 300 times. And the parents, you know, wince every time they see them throw an electronic, and they don't want to spend another, you know, $300 on something. You know, you could just get Game Pass, and they could play their games uh, for a little bit a month on things they already own rather than going to spend $300 on something that's going to be full of peanut butter and jelly at some point. So, uh, you know, I think Game Pass might be a little more, like I've called it a Trojan horse, but uh, I think it's going to get into more homes than people expect, especially with xCloud, because it might just be good enough for kids without having to spend a lot of money down. All right, back to what I was talking about. So apparently, um, Microsoft, uh, after Apple went out there and said, uh, here's the things that you're not doing too bad. Uh, Microsoft has responded to Apple stating our testing period for the project X cloud preview app for iOS has expired. Unfortunately, we do not have a path to bring our vision of cloud gaming with Xbox game pass ultimate to gamers on iOS via the Apple app store. Apple stands alone as the only general purpose platform to deny consumers from cloud gaming and game subscription services like Xbox game pass. And it consistently treats gaming apps differently, applying more lenient rules to non-gaming apps, even when they include interactive content. All games available in the Xbox Game Pass catalog are rated for content by independent industry rating bodies such as the ESRB and regional equivalents. We are committed to finding a path to bring cloud gaming with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate to the iOS platform. We believe that the customer should be at the heart of the gaming experience and gamers tell us they want to play, connect, and share anywhere, no matter where they are, and we agree. So it should be interesting to see what that battle entails between Microsoft and Apple. And, you know, Microsoft has a point there. You know, Android's going to let them run on there. Of course, Microsoft's Windows Store is going to have that in the future. I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be just through the Xbox app that already has Game Pass trying to think what else is out there i mean samsung has its own store samsung's gonna allow them to have it they're actually bundling game pass with the new samsung uh 20 note note 20 i don't know what it's called i'm looking at it i have a note 8 that uh has trapped the s pen on the inside and to get this s pen out i have to like slam it on the table i don't think that's good for phones i don't know about you I just don't think it is. All right. Anyway, next up in Game Pass news, since we're already on the uh, Xbox Game Pass bandwagon slash Trojan horse that's coming into every single system in your house and TV and tablet and phone. New Game Pass games came out. Uh, Darksiders Genesis, which is essentially, from what I've been told, um, Diablo Darksiders. I don't know how true that is. I will have to test that. Uh, next up is uh, Dark Pictures Man of Madan. Or Madan? Madan? Don't know how to say it. But I don't know how to say it. That's that's the joke I should have used. But anyway, it's uh, supposed to be a pretty decent horror game. Speaking of horror, it lurks below. 
Uh, it Lurks Below is actually made by a Diablo 1 and Diablo 2 uh, developer. Uh, so it's, I played a little bit of it. It's uh, Terraria. It's a lot like Terraria with RPG elements and quests and things like that. Uh, looks like Skylar has says Diablo Darksiders sounds terrible. I don't know. I'm going to have to try it. It's on Game Pass. I can, you know. Uh, next up is Xeno Crisis. Um, I don't know a whole lot about Xeno Crisis. I should have brought that up before this. It looks pretty generic, though. If you like it, good for you. Uh, Trailmakers, which is kind of a... You build robots and planes and things like that out of pieces of stuff and fly around. Uh, it looks kind of fun. Uh, next up, Final Fantasy VII HD. Don't get this confused with the one that's on PlayStation. This is just the HD remake of Final Fantasy VII. So if you haven't played Final Fantasy VII like me... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I haven't played Final Fantasy VII. I didn't own a PlayStation. Um, you can go play it now. You know, it's, it's a thing and it's on Game Pass. And then finally, Undermine, which is uh, another Terraria-esque game with mining and whatnot. So, that's what's coming to Game Pass. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about some earnings. Now, Sony released some of their earnings. I'm just going to give you a little bit of what's going on. Uh, now, we did see that Matt Piscatella on Twitter had said that uh, all the discussion on physical digital splits coming out of recent earnings is missing the real point, increasing total volumes. Digital has significantly added to the addressable market, making higher overall sales achievable. It's not a zero-sum game between the two. So Daniel Ahmad responded to that, uh, basically saying that, you know, because Matt's basically saying physical uh, didn't really decline. He was just, you know, saying... Well, I'll, say, I'll tell you what Daniel Ahmad said. Uh, Daniel Ahmad, ZHugeEx, at, uh, on Twitter, is an analyst uh, specifically for the Asian market. He, he's got some good stuff. He says, you can glean this from Sony's earnings easily. 49.8 million games sold on PS4 uh, during April through June 2019. They sold 26.4 million digital, 23.4 million physical. 91 point, uh, I'm sorry, 91 million games sold on PS4 during the April through June 2020. They sold 67 million games and 23.7 physical. So they sold a lot of games. And, you know, we've all been stuck in our house, right? So it's actually unique. We had uh, the Xbox earnings. I think we talked a little bit about last week. And Xbox... Uh, they had uh, their hardware like drop like a rock, but their services up big time. Uh, so it's interesting to see in the end of a console era, a lot of times their um, their earnings, their revenue drops down. But because we all got stuck in our houses for a couple months, you know, people were people were playing some games. Need some escape whenever the, you're just stuck inside of a couple of walls and you don't get to go out anymore, right? So, uh, it looks like digital for them increased 154% year over year. Physical increased 1.3. Uh, so, good news for them. Now, quick thing. We did see a complaint. Uh, there was a game that went to Game Pass called Nowhere Profit. And they complained that 
Uh, it was on Game Pass. It was on the Switch, and it was on Sony. And they complained that indies do not sell well on Sony's system. That they made 5% of the sales on Sony. That uh, They had about 5% of their sales on Sony, and they had like 95% more on Switch, I believe it was. So um, Sony isn't really pushing the indies, but they've had a lot of big, big exclusives coming out. Where Nintendo is not putting out... They're not putting out much right now. You know, they're giving us Pikmin 3 Deluxe, which they're still going to announce. Uh, they're still going to put it 60 bucks. Uh, which, if you don't know, Pikmin 3 Deluxe is coming out. And uh, it's going to include... It, it's going to be what was on the Wii U, except it's going to have co-op. It'll have couch co-op, not online. Uh, it will also have a, a Pictionary, where it'll have, like, Pikmin characters that you can look at there'll be some extra missions and stuff and it'll be 60 bucks um i'm not i'm probably gonna wait till it gets cheaper or something well let's go ahead and move on to nintendo nintendo increased profit you know okay so we had sony talking about like they they had some profit raising nintendo increased profit by five fold this quarter thanks to insane demand for the switch in recent months along with the you know there's some game that they dropped on or you know, where they put you in like a remote island covered with wild animals and you must fight for your life against the approaching tarantula and scorpion army i think it's a uh, it's animal crossing right yeah i think that's the name of that but in the report nintendo posted an operating profit for april and june of 144.7 billion yen which was double what was expected Nintendo sold 5.7 million Switch units in the first quarter. That's a whole bunch of toasters, guys. Uh, and they were having a hard time getting those out. And they still sold that many. Uh, Animal Crossing sold 22 million copies. They've already passed up with Animal Crossing, which has not been out very long. Uh, it's already passed up Smash Brothers Ultimate and Leg Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, it looks like digital sales have more than tripled. So we had a 154% increase. So Nintendo had, that'd be like a 300% increase with 56% of its uh, sales happening via download compared to a 38% uh, increase a year earlier. So Nintendo's going, doing good. Sony's doing good. They're actually all in a really good place right before the big new systems come out. All right, guys, uh, that is going to be it for the news this week. Uh, we are going to move on to the fake gaming news uh, after the break, including um, some stuff people are saying about Sony, uh, Pokemon Unite rosters leaking, and uh, is the U.S. about to ban Fortnite? and League of Legends. All this coming up after the break. 